Hey everyone, welcome back to the extras. My name is Jack. And I'm Raj. Hi everyone. Good to be with you here today, Raj. Just before we get into it, just you know, it's nice to start off a little bit of a just a how you're going. Sometimes, how are you traveling this week in lockdown, Raj? Yeah, look, not too bad overall, Jack. But you know, like many of us, I've lost track of how many weeks in lockdown now. And as time goes on, you know, it does seem to be getting harder and more challenging. I think I said on Sunday, actually, in the sermon, loving the extra time with the family, but. You know, often the positive is also the challenge. Mm. And and so, you know, all living and working at home, it's easy to take one another for granted and all kinds of things. So, you know, there's that. There's also the, the light at the end of the tunnel might be too strong, but, you know, some at least the first step of clarity about what coming out of lockdown looks like. I think there's far more we need, but but at least it's, it's, it's nice to have something. Indeed. So, Indeed, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling that too. And yeah, I, I get the sense that I think many around the traps are feeling a little bit of a change in the winds, and that's that's a good thing. Um, we'll yeah. get a little into that a little as the, you know, it does touch on one of our questions later on, so, you know, hold that thought, listeners. Um, we are going to get into some of the questions that came in over the weekend. We always love when your questions come in. Please do keep sending them in. Uh, Raj, before we get into them, can you just remind us, maybe for those who have forgotten or who weren't tuning in on Sunday, what were we thinking about from the Bible? Yeah, thanks, Jack. So, look, we really, a few weeks back, we, we changed our scheduled preaching program um, to have three weeks. We called the series Lockdown Life, and this was the third in that series. And, and we looked particularly on on love and what it means and what it might look like to love one another um, in the lockdown circumstances. And I guess there were several categories of that. One is about those in our household. Um, another was about Christian brothers and sisters. And and then the third was really about the world more generally. And um, I loved it on Sunday at each service. We had different people involved. And it was yourself and Candy, Morning Church, North Rocks. Um, we then had James and Danny at um, Afternoon Church. And we had Mike and Candy at Night Church. So um, we did that because each congregation is different. And mm. that's one of the ways in which we just tried to capture a different emphasis, which... I think work quite well, but also means it's hard to capture all of that in a brief reflection. <laughs> no, that, that is a helpful summary. And yeah, it was good, I think, to hear how in different demographics and different life situations, this is going to look different, which is, yeah, something that was great to get the chance to do on Sunday. Yeah, thank you for that. We've had a few questions that have come in uh, and uh, uh, a number of longer questions, which we're going to get to spend a bit more time digging into. Uh, so we're going to get straight into it with this first one. Uh, this was, there's a, a really long and beautiful reflection that climaxes into questions, so I'm not going to read all that this person wrote, but let me see if I can just capture the guts of it. Um, this person uh, uh, wrote in saying, In the past, for years and years, people have taught me that love isn't a feeling. And I think for me, because of my own sinfulness, I took it automatically to mean I don't need to love from the heart. And so love became this performance-based display of what I do, and I tried to love for years from an unrepentant heart, untouched by the gospel, blind to how bad that love was all the time I, I was doing it. This person goes on to talk about the, the love that really came when they really understood the gospel. Um, and then I guess the question this person's asking is, when we say love isn't just a feeling, uh, is there an issue then that we assume we don't need to love people from the heart and we don't need a changed heart? Yeah. Thank you. It's it, thank you for the extended comment and then the question because um, um, 
No, we're not trying to say that at all. The Bible's not trying to say that. Um, I think what's happened is, I'm just thinking aloud here, Jack, and you might have a comment as well. In the more modern era, or the, 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 the postmodern era, if I can put it like that, um, the focus of love has been feelings. Yeah. And so I think that may have come across um, to, to talk about the action side of it is a bit of a corrective. Mm. But it's really important to hear that, that they both come together. I think in the world at large these days, you know, love really has become a feeling. I talked about Michael Curry's sermon, Love is Love, and um, we go with the feelings, and when the feelings change, we then go with that. We see all kinds of implications of that. Mm. Uh, and But when we look at the Bible, it, it's not that it's... It's too much to say that's inappropriate. That, that would be, you know, ludicrous. Um, Jesus is constantly talking about what comes from the inside, yeah. being a reflection of the outside. He's constantly trying to connect the heart and the action in as in our language. Uh, and so we, we do want to land in a place where both come together. So I appreciate this the opportunity for this question just to tie them both together um, and and also just worth saying sometimes um it is helpful to have the action and then the heart catches up over a period of time yeah sometimes you know we, we can think i'm not going to do x y and z till the heart's ready and i don't know about you jack but my experience is sometimes the heart's never ready because i have a sinful heart mm. um but seeing the action and seeing the sacrifice and then seeing the benefit under the lord then helps my heart yeah i think that's right you have a comment on that yeah, like, really helpful. Um, I think that it's easy to be a little simplistic and reductionistic. It's, you know, well, either love is a feeling or it's an action. Um, that, I think, just glosses over a bit. Like, I think the the kind of ethic that the, the New Testament's calling us to is, yeah, to love someone is to seek their good. And sometimes my motivations in that can be complex. Like, you know, it may be that uh, at some surface level, you know, I don't really want to, you know, for example go to church this particular Sunday morning and for me on that particular day the act of love might be well even though I don't want this on this surface level right now I have this deeper motivation which is you know I do love my brothers and sisters and I want to encourage them so I'm going to do that even if I don't necessarily feel like it so like there's there's complex layers in that isn't there it's it's you know there's feelings involved and there's what we decide to do and those things are uh, are a web and it's I think it's hard to have like a really simple sound bite on it but I think I really love the the language of this um, reflection this person sent in that yeah I think there's a growth trajectory they want to see that like you're saying Raj you know it might start out we we do and the feelings follow but I think that if we really understand who we are as you know God's family dearly loved by Him adopted into this one family the more we understand like, that 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 will change our hearts and yeah I I think it's it'd be like you're saying it's too far to say that. New Testament love is just an action. Um, I always think on this question, I think of um, the book of 1 Thessalonians, and you see Paul's love for the Thessalonian Christians. And yeah, there's there's actions involved. You know, he was there preaching the gospel to them and serving among them. But, he, you know, it's just this letter just drips with his affection. And I think of, you know, verse like chapter 2, verse, um, looking at it now, verse, verse 28, he says, you know, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share not just the gospel, but also our very selves talks about being like a you know a mother with them nursing them caring for them you know he finally finds out that they're going well um chapter three verse eight and he says you know now we really live because you know you guys are standing firm in the lord like the, the love there like 
is oozing with feeling and it's feeling that shapes his action. So it's all of that. So yeah, pray that the spirit would grow that kind of love in us as a church. It is interesting. Sorry, Jack, we've got to have a question to get on to, but as you were just talking about that, what occurred to me was it really is more modern day philosophical categories that mean we have split those things up. Mm. You know, in the particular time of a Bible being written, all of those things were just connected. Yeah. Helpful, yeah. It's, it's organic unity, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, second question, as we start to think about, I guess, applying this, some great questions helping us to drill into that. Someone's texted in, how do I direct my energy from being inward focused to loving others, especially if I feel like I'm running on empty? Yeah. Um, I, I love this question and I just, my heart goes out to the person asking it um, because there are a number of people at the moment who feel like they're running on empty. Mm. And, you know, and it may, it may not just be for lockdown circumstances as well, Jack. It may just be for other reasons. Yeah. Um, and so I just firstly want to say I just, I really feel, not just for the person asking this question, but I'm sure there's loads of people in this category. Um, and I love the question as well because it's, it's trying to, you know, it, it really is taking the, the imperative in this text in 1 John 4 and other places, you know, very seriously. And it's focusing on the how. Mm. And so I think I would encourage someone in that area of the how um, to to pick something small to start with. Yeah. And and you can apply this in all kinds of ways. Um, pick something small. Yes, things are low. You're running on empty. Um, you know that your heart keeps being inward focused, and you you understand the dynamic. You're asking the question because you understand the dynamic. Yeah. And so what is a small thing that you can do? The answer to that might be, for example, texting someone else and and um, just asking them how they are and what you can pray for. Mm. Um, and if you can do something more than that, that's even better. The phone call, I think, would be a next step. Yeah. You know, to ask someone and pray with someone on the phone, perhaps. Um, another thing, you know, we were joking the other day about care packages. Someone sent me a care package that was a box of toilet paper. I'm not sure if that was a hint or something, but um, my family thought I bought it, but I didn't buy it. It just it was a care. I know who sent it, so thank you to that person for listening. Um, but but there was something which meant a lot mm. and a, a very you know um, semi humorous but also tangible demonstration of someone thinking of me. Yeah. Um, that that would not have taken a lot of energy to do. So so I, what I'm saying is work out the level of energy you can spend in this area and pick, pick something that's easier and then gradually over a period of time build that up to more significant things that all things that take more energy. Yeah, helpful. I think that's good advice. Start small. Good stuff. We'll keep going. I mean, maybe this leads into the next question in a way. Uh, I think part of it is, you know, if you really are running on empty, then yeah, that gets to a point where we, we lean on each other. And I think it was Candy who said it at morning, you know, we, we carry each other's burdens as a church. Sometimes we need other people to fill up our tank so that we can keep serving as well. So question three, any words of encouragement for those of us who maybe see the care of brothers and sisters for others, but who don't feel like we're on the receiving end? You know, how can we be encouraged to care for others if we feel overlooked even by our church family? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think this question came in an afternoon church and Jack, it's just you and I here doing extras this week, but really we could have had most of the staff, you know, senior staff team. Mm. 
Um, it was Danny who answered this question at Afternoon Church, and he did so just brilliantly, in my view, because, and I can't put it as well as Danny put it, but a couple of things just to think about here. Uh, Danny's basic encouragement was, um, as you give to others, what happens is you teach your heart that that is where value is, and you re-educate your heart about what to look for. Mm. Um, and I can think back to times of my life over many years where I've been going to church and I, I, I remember sometimes I'd go to church and think, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And consistently I would come back and they'll self-centered things. Consistently I would come back home and I would just be depressed. Yeah. I then decided, maybe not in the language of his question, but very similar. I then decided, okay, I'm going to change my attitude about why I go to church. So now on the way to church, I'll, I'll decide, I want to try to encourage this person and this person and this person or, or other things. Um, and then I would come back and my attitude was quite different. My attitude going to church was not about what I could guess. It was, it was about what I could give. Mm. Um, and it actually quite profoundly changed than my own experience of church as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so my, my encouragement is, and I think Danny said some other things as well that were quite helpful. Um, if you're outward centered yourself, there is a way that that then tends to come back around. Um, but look, there's some comments from me. Anything you want to add, Jack? Yeah, I think all of that's really helpful. And I think you can hold that together with, I guess, a feeling of disappointment. Like, I think there is a place where it's, it's, it's right to say actually as a church you know we're we're called to love one another at the moment i feel like i you know it may be the case that yeah church is genuinely letting you down that's possible um i think interrogating our feelings on that's important because it may be that yeah i just feel like i'm entitled to certain things from church that um are quite selfish and me-centered but like i think there is a there's a right actually yeah i think church is called to be a place where we love each other and i think that i'm genuinely not being loved so i think you can yeah, grieve that and, and pray that it would change and even talk to people about that while at the same time seeking to to give even if you feel like you're not getting back, which is, I think, in the end, the Christ-like way of life, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is the one who continues to pour out to people who turn their backs on him. That's 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 the kind of thing we're called to. I mean, you know, we're, we're told it's our Lord who said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's, that's something to cling to, I think. But you can do that while still grieving what should be better, I think. Yeah, thank you, Jack. You've, that's a really helpful qualification to what I said. Thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 I feel that, yeah, it is a tension, but yeah, I think, you, I think you can have both those things, and that's, that's hard but good, I think. Most, most good things are hard. All right, we'll keep coming on. Uh, we're up to our last question, really, and you might think, well, we've only just started, but uh, this is a, a big one, and we're keen to spend a fair bit of time on it. So let me read the question that came in. Has St. Paul's voiced out that one of the most loving things to do for the community is to be vaccinated? Or this person wants to know reasons why vaccination is not mentioned as much by us as a church. Over to you, Raj. I thought you were going to answer this one, Jack. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you're getting off the hook that easy, but we, we've talked. We, you know, we both got things to say here. We have talked about this a bit, but yeah, yeah let's yeah, let's yeah. get into it. Okay, thank you. Look, 
I really want to thank the person who's put the question in. Um, up until now, we really haven't said too much about this particular issue. It is quite controversial in our society and among many churches I'm aware. Um, however, I'm thankful for the question because I do think the time has come to just to speak a bit more around it and about it. Mm. Um, and I think the first thing I just want to say to everyone, I, um, I have now been double-vaxxed. I have been double-vaxxed for some time. I... I really, you know, signed up to get vaccinated quite early on in the piece and, you know, um, so on. Um, and I, I don't know that I'm quite comfortable to say one of the most loving things to do for the community is to be vaccinated. But I think I am quite happy to say, um, at least I have come to the conclusion, that a loving thing to do for the community of arches to be vaccinated it's part of the reason i have mm. um i viewed it all the time as you know doing my little bit um for me i have looked into the the research and the different you know things that are out there in increasing measure um and i have formed a view that uh, vaccination is helpful in stopping the spread of COVID at this juncture i i also am quite concerned connected with this really I am aware of the ongoing impacts of isolation for people. Um, I'm aware of mental health issues. I am very sad to hear of people losing their jobs um, for a whole bunch of reasons, actually. But as economic activity slows, um, in fact, just yesterday I got an email, we're trying to book something in for next year for something. And um, I got an email from someone, Raj, I think they might've gone out of business. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure, you know, there's, the, the entertainment industry, the, there's just large slabs of our society that are really, really struggling mm. with, with how sections of the economy have been forced to come to a halt. So can you join the dots there for us? I mean, in light of that kind of economic reality, how does that help us see the the, the act of love that something like getting a, a vaccine is? Yeah, so thank you. So joining the dots is, um, um, it is... I do want to see our economy get moving again. And that is important for people having jobs. Um, it's important for us, you know, getting out and about um, and a whole bunch of other things. Mm. So all of that for me is part of a reason, you know, I, I just want to do my bit in loving my community at large. Um, so I decided for all of those reasons, as well as health reasons for myself to get vaccinated. Yeah. Now, I want to qualify that now because I think this is a very complex question. Mm. Um, and that is, I know of other people that have formed different views yeah. on this question of vaccination. Mm. I, I know of other people who, um, I know of other people who have looked at research. I know of people who have, um, um, come to a different conclusion, people, some who feel uncomfortable about the place of the relative short lead time in developing vaccines um, and a whole bunch of other things. I'm aware of people who have lost their jobs mm. because they have arrived at these conclusions. They're not comfortable getting vaccinated and so they've been told their employer, by their employers, they can't. They can't come in. You're effectively stood down, or worse. Yeah. Um, now, it's very complicated, Jack, because I totally understand. There's a whole lot of fear out there mm. um, on on all sides. 
can I say? Tell and, us about that, and, yeah. Where do you see the fear? Oh, I think there's there's fear... Um, well, to put it simply, there's fear about COVID continuing in the community. Um, you know, the Delta strain does seem quite unrelenting. Yeah, very um, infectious. And, you know, and then there's also fear about the impact of vaccines mm. that have been developed reasonably quickly. Um, now, this is not the place to get into the science and the arguments and the rebuttals and all of that kind of thing. Um, because we're here on the St Paul's Extras podcast. And I think what I want to bring into it is is more pushing us toward thinking about what it means to respect one another's views. Mm. Now, no doubt in our society, we look at vaccination numbers. Today, the day we're recording is the day our state hits 80% first-time vaccination. Yeah. You know, clearly, in our society, there is a... Most people have come to the conclusion that vaccination is an appropriate thing to do. Mm. Um um, but not everyone has, nor will everyone, as is the case with all kinds of... So there, there's just fear running around, I think, in all kinds of ways. Children is another aspect, and and perhaps where we see it, you know, largely, and for 18 months, we've, we've seen that in different ways. Again, on both sides of the spectrum, there's fear about um, um, the impact of COVID in schools. Then there's fear on the other side about the lack of education and the impact on education and so on. And I get all of that. Um, as I've said, I have a daughter doing the HSC this year who's, you know, really in the midst of all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a very complex, there's very complex issues, which is why I'm not, I wouldn't quite go so far as to use the word most loving. Mm. Um, and I certainly want to exhort our church community in the area of knowing, just thinking more about what it means to respect people who who have different views um, and I want to exhort our church community to start thinking about what the unity in the gospel looks like at this time yeah I mean can help us flesh that out a bit so let's think about it yeah us as a church knowing that it's likely that there are, there'll be people in church who don't necessarily agree with you on this question what does it look like for us to love yeah. one another as the household of God well thank you look it's, it's worth just pushing into that a little bit and saying um, it, the announcements last week, the time we were doing it is this week, you know, about the, the 70% mark and what that looks like in society is really interesting. In some ways, I want to say I get it, you know, in terms of a health kind of thing. There's all kinds of people saying you shouldn't open up until later. Our government's trying to work out a way for the economy to get going a little bit. Um um, and part of that is, unless you're double vaxxed, you, you still have limitations. I, I think for me, you know, in the medium to long term, it is unthinkable for me that our government would say, if you're not double vaxxed, you have to stay at home. It's going to be a hermit for, what, the rest of your life, yeah. Yeah, well, the way I've been saying it, you know, just to push it a little bit, I think, a bit provocatively, is it's effective house arrest. Yeah. And I just cannot imagine our government would do that um, in the medium to long term. It's one thing to say at the 70% mark, we're going to release some freedoms, but we need to remember 80% is coming projected to be just sort of 10 days after that or 14 days after that. Mm. So I really am waiting to see what is being proposed at that point in time. 
Um, or if it's not 80%, it might be 85% or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the church question, one element that has been announced and there's a lot of discussion around is what does church look like on the other side of that 70% mark? Um, as we've talked about in the staff team, Jack, briefly the other day, we don't know the answer to that yet. There's a whole lot of complexity we have to work through. Mm. Um, and, and part of that is what's the next step, you know, which might only be a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of waiting for that. Um, and I think that's where the sharp edge of what does unity look like in our church community may well be something we, we really have to grapple with. Mm. You know, look, if it's only a week or two that, you know, I, I suspect it's going to take us a little while to get ourselves organised and work out children's programs anyway. Um, but what does it mean to love each other at this time, I think, is going to be a question to work out. Um, there's no clear answers. What does it look like for those who have been vaccinated, who have chosen to get vaccinated, yet struggling with mental health issues and other issues? What does it look like for them to care and love and care for others? And what does it look like for people um, who have chosen, for whatever reason, not to be vaccinated, to love and care for others um and jack you said before on there there's actually a whole variety of issues within that it's not just a binary i've got vaxxed and i haven't got vaxxed like within that there's a whole lot of range and complexity i think that's right and i think that one of the traps that's easy to fall into in our our age where everything is so um you know binary and it's us and them i think it's easy if you have been vaccinated to assume that anyone who hasn't been is you know, a card-carrying, you know, full-on anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorist. And, I mean, those people certainly are out there. And if that's you, then I want to learn how to love you, even if we may have some pretty profound disagreements on the way this world works and who to trust and all those things. But even those people are probably in quite a minority. And many of the people who have yet to be vaccinated are, yeah, hesitant for various reasons, haven't got around to it. You know, it's I think it's unfair to just assume that everyone is in the conspiracy boat. And at the same time, for those who haven't been vaccinated, it's easy to assume anyone who has is someone who's just, you know, capitulated to the government and to Big Pharma and is just wrapped up in this um, this world of, you know, totalitarian authority. And I think, again, that, you know, there's, there's a whole spectrum of views. There are those who have taken the vaccine with some hesitation and with some, you know, caution, you know, trying to weigh the factors and coming to an informed decision and then deciding to do it but you know not out of just blind allegiance to you know the pharmaceutical companies or anything like that yeah like you know there's lots of issues there and there's a spectrum of beliefs so we don't want to just assume the worst of each other i think one of the things for us to do in this time is to ask questions and listen to someone else and you know learn how to engage charitably and positively and with love and respect even for those who have come to a different conclusion yeah and 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 not just engage, but it may be the case we need to work out what it looks like to love each other within the same church community of people who have just arrived at different views. Yeah. Um, and look, we do do that all the time, don't we? Mm. On all kinds of things. So I just, I want to try to encourage us as a church not to allow this issue to be blown out, blown out of you know disproportion. My observation at the moment, just worth saying, is that it hasn't been. Yeah. Um, now I, I don't know if all of the discussions happening out there, but I am aware in other, some other church communities it has become a major cause of division already. Mm. 
and I just want to plead with our church community to not let that be the case. Um, I think I do want to just say to those who have chosen not to be vaxxed, if our government does end up in a place of looking like having an extended place of, um, you know, a lack of freedom, I, I want to be at the first of, you know, at the start of a queue um, at the government's doorstep saying this this is just not on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, but, but I do feel that's different to just what's been announced at the 70%. But the next point will be interesting. Yeah. Our unity is in something deeper than this. You know, we've yeah. united one spirit, one faith, one Lord. That's our unity. And like you've said, it's just a little bit early for us to um, really, I think, get too hung up on this because, yeah, we just don't know what the future proposed is. So part of it's wait and see. And so we, as a church, we do that with bated breath, with bated breath, waiting to see what the next step looks like and looking forward to learning how to live with love and respect, whatever it might look like. All right. We are, I think, out of time. Time to wrap up. Uh, but thank you for your time helping us grapple with that stuff today, Raj. Uh, just as we wrap up, could you... Give us a quick snapshot of where we're headed at church this coming Sunday. Yeah, well, yes, thank you. So we're not doing lockdown life this week. We're going to do something else. Um, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 12. Sam and I are going to be doing this together. And we're going to be... We're, th we're starting to think about the other side of lockdown. Mm. Um, and now part of that is what it means to be as part of the body of Christ. It's really connected with love as well, though. And and um, the opportunities there are to serve one another. Um, the Lord has given us all different gifts with a common purpose. And so we're just going to be, you know, pushing into that a bit, starting to prepare for St. Paul's life on the other side of COVID in 2022 in particular. Exciting times mm. that are coming. Um, um, there's another announcement kind of coming as well about something else we've been working on, but I'll leave that to tantalise you all for this coming Sunday. There you go, a little teaser for you. It's going to be a good Sunday gathering online as God's people to hear his word and, and think about the, the part that we have to play in his kingdom. So looking forward to that. Thanks, Jack. And just worth saying, we're going to keep, we're going to have to talk more about this, you know, this issue of love and COVID and vaccination and so on as time goes on. But look, we've just tried to tra trace a few contours. That's that right. Based on what we know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Start a discussion. And we'd love to hear from you. you know, if you want to dig in further, please feel free to send us another email. You know, connect on the connect card online. Let's keep this chat going because there's definitely more to talk about. But we'll leave it there for today. So thanks, Raj, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.
Bye for now. <laughs>